Hello folks, this is the Knickknack Podcast. I'm Knickknack, a queer person and self-identifying autist with a variety of deep interests. This podcast is a kind of audio blog where I share my views and have recently been inviting others to share their views as well. We can never know all as experience varies from person to person, but when we have the capacity, we can always listen and share to try and know more. Today's episode will be Season 15, Episode 25, and I'm calling it The Philosophy of Disability. I'd like to address the duality of disability that I experience and how that relates to what may seem to some as laziness. An objective truth of who I am, of course, probably lies between my internal view of it and the external view of it, so please proceed intentionally with healthy skepticism. I'll add that I think of myself as a storyteller and philosopher that engages in the arts of rhetoric and dialogue in the Greek philosophical sense to varying degrees of success. I may use my limited knowledge of science from time to time, but this is a tool in my toolkit. I am not a scientist. With all that out of the way, grab a breath and a beverage and let's get started. Most of the things I do in life, from having a conversation to creating expressive work of some kind, gets done as a result of a laser-focused expressive drive that I can't duck no matter how I try. The drive comes as the fruit of the way I experience life. Of course, I do my best to self-censor and mask, but I'm finding that approach to be largely a dead end. Or Ultimately, I just can't help but express myself. Trying not to express myself honestly and censor takes a Herculean effort and goes against my aforementioned moral compass. There is some element of not wanting to play the game involved. I can't deny that. But I stand by the fact that there is a much larger element of not being able to play the game. There is this desire and need I have to be as unnoticeable as is reasonable when I leave my safe space. I'm challenging this slowly by embracing my gender transition as I go. This means, among other things, keeping long hair in part to shield my eyes and also to lean into the generic gender-defying look that some of my physical and neurological limitations give me. But, in general, when not in my safe space, I really, really try to do my best to blend into the background as much as possible. In my circles, we call this masking. The idea is that you're wearing a metaphorical mask. For me, much like a real mask, a metaphorical mask can only be worn for a short time before it starts to lose its effectiveness and become uncomfortable. 
for me, that's something in the range of two to four hours when it comes to the metaphorical mask. Ironically enough, I can last quite a bit longer in an actual COVID or N95 mask, both of which are relevant in Northern California right now. I feel people are either not quite observant enough or trying to be polite or I'm just astoundingly good at masking when it comes to the neurological and unfamiliar settings. I suspect it's probably some sort of combination of all three. This has, in fact, done me a great disservice as I've had to continuously work to try and make most medical treatment I seek, particularly neurological, psychological medical treatment, quasi-functional for my needs. Somehow, the burden of proof always, always, always seems to fall on me. Something that just seems wrong. My physical limitations, of course, are less subtle and show up faster. This is part of the reason why I'm a podcaster and not a YouTuber. In the real world, my physical limitations are particularly much harder to hide as I grow older, and physical pain becomes more and more of an issue, unfortunately. The people that know and see me can see past both the neurological and physiological masking. In some ways, that's good. In some ways, not so much. When it comes to this perception of laziness, it's difficult. As I said before, I acknowledge that my max effort only occurs in the context of things directly related to my laser-focused expressive drive. And that is an element of myself that I am at the very least aware of. I'm not sure if I can do anything about it. I'm trying to investigate that. Overall, though, I still think the term lazy should be stricken from language. My ability to do things outside of my spiky interest levels is pretty limited. And I say that honestly. My capacity for outside work tends to fluctuate minute by minute depending on my level of both physical and mental pain. I do whatever I can whenever I can. Oftentimes that involves recording a podcast at 3.50 in the morning. The world of the medical model, the U.S. welfare system, falsely supportive allies, and the authentically supportive and extremely helpful community of peers and allies has all forced me into a kind of duality. And dualities are inherently difficult, as much as they can be positives in some ways. For I am incredibly skilled, authentic, expressive, and also incredibly challenged in social situations, domestic life, occupational life, and in some instances, mobility. As I said, dualisms are difficult, as they seem to be logically inconsistent, and this particular one goes against the grain of U.S. culture. But there it is. I try, and often fail, to walk the line of this duality in every part of my life. I do hope that someday we get to a social model of disability. The current model does untold damage to myself, and I think most that don't fit the cultural ideal. 
this of course goes beyond the philosophy of disability and is part of a larger picture, but still. I'm afforded privilege that's unwanted by virtue of my race and hopefully diminishing male tendencies. Being the truest version of myself means losing a lot of that in the current culture climate. Honestly speaking, there's a duality there too. It's a thing. Relative to my drive, I hate that it is more of a coping mechanism than anything else. It's so hit and miss. When it hits, good. When it misses, suffering. It pains me greatly that who I am means I can miss and inadvertently pass on my suffering. I work extremely hard to edit and censor, but it still happens. I'm still exploring it, but it seems that even Eastern philosophy holds no answer to this all-too-human problem. Eastern philosophy starts out well, but in the end seems to simply provide a list of rules that are hard to live by. And quite honestly, I already have lines and lines and lines of plain English and some pseudocode that does the same thing. So on this score, I'm still stuck. I want to believe in science and the power of the algorithm for getting a predictable understanding of all observable nature. That kind of thinking has its limits. I want to believe in the humanities and the powers of heuristics for getting at the messy gaps that science leaves behind. In my work, I think of myself as a storyteller and philosopher that engages in the art of rhetoric and dialogue to varying degrees of success. It seems counterintuitive for some of my skill sets, but I say again, I am not a scientist. I know that in most cases, ending a story should be similar to landing a plane. I want to ease the impact and make a smooth touchdown by bringing the nose slightly above the horizon at just the right point before the return to Earth. By saying I seek to share and hear more, I want to believe I've done that. Chirp, chirp. Monitor the auto brakes. Apply reverse thrust. Feel the deceleration. Hear the roar of the reverses. And under 80 knots, stow them and exit the runway. Welcome back to Earth. If you are artistic, either self-identified or diagnosed, please check the show notes for a link to a survey about your educational experiences put out by Detester Magazine in conjunction with Learn From Autistics. Uh, more links and resources about the first-hand autistic experience at knickknackpod.net and in the show notes associated with your favorite podcast app, of course. If you'd like to support my work in the form of feedback or donations, please head to knickknackpod.net. That's N-I-C-N-A-C-P-O-D.net. I've got a great interview in the pipeline. Stay tuned. I'm also slowly working on revising the manuscript I've been working on since 2004, so hopefully that'll happen at some point. Again, stay tuned. The opening music is Raindrop Rhapsody by Josh Elkenberry. The closing music is Catch Me If You Can by Attica Attica. Find them at atticaattica.bandcamp.com. I thank both groups for allowing their creations to be used in this production. 
I share and know the value of the Creative Commons approach to intellectual creations, which is why the Knickknack podcast and Epis Ride Along series is copyright 2006 through 2021 by Knickknack Marsh and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen. I know it isn't always easy. May you find the safety and support to empower you and meet your needs. I'm running hard